The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at all right, guys, welcome back. EYL Across the Border Edition. Yeah. Um, we know that we're heavy in Toronto. Yeah, we the North. We've become the North now. Oh, yeah. We are the North. <laughs> play Toronto like Doug Christie. Shout out to Cam. That, yeah. was, that was a long time ago. Now you guys say, like, play Toronto like Kyle Lowry or something like that. Yeah, legend. Yeah. So um, shout out to Canada. You know, we, we've, we've been doing a lot of episodes with people from Canada. We make no secret of how much Basically. we love Toronto, how we love Montreal. We, we, we love our neighbors up north. Yeah, for sure. So um, this is a dope episode because not only do we get to tap in with one of the, the brightest entrepreneurs north of the border mm-hmm. in Toronto, but we get to talk about some stuff mm-hmm. that we haven't talked about um, yet as far as like YouTube, which is huge. You get so many questions about it. Yeah. So many questions yeah, about it. Yeah, entrepreneurship, uh, women entrepreneurship, leaving the corporate world, a lot of different things, but YouTube is especially something that we got to double down on because we haven't spoken about that at all. Mm-hmm. So um, without further ado, Lynn Allure. So Lynn Allure is a, like I said, one of the brightest entrepreneurs in Toronto right now. She um, was actually in the corporate world yeah. for a while. Finance major. Yeah, finance major. And then um, now just a full-time entrepreneur. Yeah. So she has a community where she, she helps women in, in business and um, really execute their dreams. And she's also a YouTuber. Yeah. She's huge on YouTube. We gotta get on your YouTube platform. <laughs> That's she has a quarter million. Yeah, we should. She has a quarter million um, subscribers on YouTube. Yep. A bunch of videos that have gone viral. A bunch of videos with over a hundred thousand um, views. And uh, she's just a really dope person. So she reached out to us, and um, you know, we asked her, asked her if she wanted to come on the platform, if she wanted to come on the podcast, and she was like, sure. So here we are. Old Canada. Oh, hey. No. hey. First that was all, a nice intro. Uh, appreciate Ooh. that. You got some experience, I I'm telling you, this guy's good. So first and foremost, thank you. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, no. Thank you guys for having me on. Because honestly, this is like one of my favorite podcasts right now. I'm always telling anyone who's interested in like finance and personal development, yo, you got to listen to that Earn Your Leisure podcast. So it's kind of crazy that I'm on it right now. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you. Thank you for being a earner worldwide. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no that's, a fact. that's a fact. So, all right, let's get into it. Like I said, I want to talk about a variety of different things. But first, I want to talk about your journey from leaving corporate America. Well, I was going to say corporate America. Corporate, <laughs> so corporate, <conditioned>. corporate Canada <laughs> and becoming a full-time entrepreneur. So what did that, because I know you come from, you know, African parents and if anybody knows mm-hmm. any African parent, they don't play that. Like they like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they you're gonna be a doctor. Yeah, they very strict. Your nah, parents are from yeah. Ghana, Ghana, right? Yeah. Shout out yeah. to shout out to Ghana. Ghana. Yeah. My parents. We actually gonna we're gonna go to Ghana. Yeah, we, we got some something special uh planned for Ghana. Oh no way. Yeah, yeah. We had a, a guest on Kwame uh Anku 
who has some ties there, and it was like, listen, we got to bring you guys to Ghana. They need to see this. But when you come, I'm going to host you. It's going to be different from you traveling there. We're going to host you. So <laughs> we are very much looking forward to that. Yeah, we're going to have a whole plan for Ghana. So gonna, you got to come with us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Perfect, Ghana's perfect. always a vibe. It's such good vibes, such good energy. Everyone's so friendly, so nice, so welcoming. You guys are going to have a good time. I bet. So, all right. So, like I said, you, you're a YouTuber and amongst other things, but what made you make the transition to, you know, working in the corporate world to actually going online and putting out content for a living? Yeah, so I started my YouTube journey about four and a half years ago. At the time, I was still in college. So it was just an outlet for me. I was like my last year of college. I thought it would be kind of fun to put out a video. And the idea of YouTube sounded fun to me too, the idea of having a YouTube channel. But um, I didn't mess with social media at all. I had no social media. I just wasn't on it, very private. And um, I put out a video on YouTube because I thought, you know, no one's really going to find it in my real world. Like none of my friends or family. So it'll just be fun, my own little outlet, little community. So I had zero expectations for it. And after my first video got like, I think 32 or 38,000 views in like the first month. But I wasn't sure if that was like good or bad because I had zero expectations. And then I got um, an email from YouTube or from Google actually saying I need to put in my direct deposit information because I made $78. So when I get to $100, which is the threshold that paid, um, YouTube pays you over, um, they need to find somewhere to put it into. So I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I like wrote in my journal, like, oh my God, thank you, God. I made $78 <laughs> for this video. But it was still just a hobby for me. Um, it was a hobby that just so happened to make money. Um, and then brands started reaching out to me to do uh, sponsored videos. And I was like, okay, cool. So this is like a side hustle for me now. What was that first and, video about? Sorry? What was the first video about? Oh, it was a story time video. That time those were like pretty popular. You like talk about something that happened to you, what you learned from it and what the takeaway was. It was like entertaining, but still educational and more like learn from me. It wasn't worth it or you could have done it this way, blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So um, then I was just doing like sponsored videos for brands. But during this entire time, I like had graduated from school. I was working full time, like a nine to five. And then I went back to university and I was still working my full time nine to five, but YouTube was a side hustle for me. So I was just doing mainly sponsored videos for the most part. Um, and then it wasn't until I graduated from university that I was able to put more time into my YouTube. And then it just started to make more sense and more dollars. I unlocked the algorithm. I unlocked like the business behind it. And it really started to make sense. So it went from a hobby that just so happens to make money sometimes to a side hustle. And then I started making really good money on it. And I'm like, mm, I could actually do this full time instead of having to go to my corporate job. So I just made that transition, which it was a transition. I want to make that very known that it wasn't just one day I woke up and it was like, I'm going to quit my job as an accountant and just like do YouTube full time. I like made that transition eventually. And now I do YouTube full time and my two other online businesses. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, I probably should say this at the beginning of the show, but YouTube is something that everybody is aware of, but people don't fully understand. Like it's a real business is an industry mm -hmm. and especially like a lot of kids like you know they only watch youtube and you know a lot of times people don't they don't take it serious they're just like oh you are a youtuber or you know you just making selfie videos about stuff but it's like nah people is actually out here 
making millions of dollars and it's a it's billion dollar industry and brands are paying millions of dollars for for people to advertise their products and promote their products and people are selling products so that's why i really wanted to talk about youtube so much because it's like i don't think people fully understand the power of youtube so just to kind of give some some background perspective on youtube it's like it's the second biggest search engine Mm -hmm. um online second to google and google actually owns youtube so you know that kind of puts things in perspective yeah yeah um, so when you, when you think about YouTube, don't just think about it as a place that just has a bunch of random videos. Think about it as an industry. Yeah. It's a multi-billion dollar and it has some industry. B- very important about it is that it always gets younger. Like a lot of these platforms don't realize like, yo, how do I get a younger audience base? Well, YouTube will always have a younger audience base because a lot of kids watch YouTube. And as long as there's going to be kids watching videos, YouTube will always grow. So if you're looking for a place to start, start there because they have the they have the audience yeah and um yeah shout out to my son nasir shout out to Troy, son christian <laughs> shout out to jamal's son chase and jordan shout out jordan too yeah and they and they all watch they all watch Heavy. youtube um they don't even watch television at they don't all have no favorite shows man yeah. <laughs> so that just goes to a lot of people don't yeah. a lot of people don't even watch tv anymore it's just youtube and like netflix people just stream stuff and that's why like before when even some of my aunts and uncles right now, like, you can't tell them I do YouTube full-time because they'll be like, what? Why? Like, are you crazy? You went through all this school. You're an accountant, and now you do YouTube. Like, that sounds madness to them. But, like, I've made more money on YouTube than I would have made um, in my accounting career for, like, the next few years. Let me not say a dollar amount because, you know, <laughs> the aunts and uncles might be, <laughs> might be watching. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those industries that, like, it's only going to grow because people don't watch the television anymore. They're not sitting down and watching commercials in between your favorite show. Before you used to sit down, watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, there's going to be three commercials and you're going to sit there and watch all three. They don't do that anymore. They're on social media. They're on YouTube. They're on Netflix. So if you can't pay to advertise with the big the big guys, you're going to go to influencers and that's more influential. You're going to go to the YouTube channels where they already have an audience that's cultivated and you kind of can you can gauge their target, your target audience through their audience, through the influencer's audience. So it makes more sense to go through a YouTuber or an Instagrammer than it does to put an ad on the television where you don't know who's going to be watching it. When you got that first $78, you saw like, wait, they actually are giving me money. I mean, did you come to the realization of how you were actually getting paid or did, was there a process of you having to do like some research? Like, wait, where is this money coming from? Um, I knew it was Google AdSense, but at the time I just, I was doing so many other things that I kind of didn't really care. I was like, okay, I got $78. That's cool. That's probably how YouTube works. Like AdSense revenue. I I put out a video. I got paid. Cool. I keep it moving. But then it was when I realized that, okay, it had to do with my CPM and it had to do with where I placed the ads and how many ads I placed. That's when it like a light bulb went off. I'm like, okay, so I can make money on AdSense revenue and get money from brands and then put my little links in the bottom, get my affiliate links going. So that's when it, it was a process, honestly. It wasn't like things just clicked and I was like, ooh, $78, how do I turn this into 780 I was just like, okay, like $78 is cool. Yeah, but I wasn't thinking too much into it. There was a lot of verbiage there. So CPM is that's how much you're gonna get paid for every thousand views. So we talk about that a lot when we talk about the audios, <laughs> is how many, uh, how many, how much you're gonna get paid per thousand listens. YouTube, obviously, how much you're going to get paid for per thousand views. And it can fluctuate, which is something, right. something that we have to learn. Well, the cost per milli, I, I hear a lot of people say that because it, it kind of sounds, it, it makes sense that it's 
But the CPM, the cost per milli, is actually not the cost per 1,000 views. It's the cost per 1,000 impressions on your video. So a lot of people think that, though, it's just a thousand your cost per 1,000 views. But it's the impression. So it matters how many ads you have there. And the CPM is determined by, um, basically, it's a good indicator to find out how much brands are willing to pay to put their ads in front of your video. So the CPM is determined by, like, um, I don't know if you guys want to get into this. No, we're, no we're, about, we're about to go into it right now, actually. That's what we do at Earn Your Leisure. So this actually is perfect because, you know, the thing with, um, like, shout out to Max Maxwell. I remember he was saying, like, you know, when he hit, like, 15000 a month on YouTube, and he was like, how he looks at that is that's like, he does real estate. So he was like, mm -hmm. he, you know, he was like, you know, 15000 a month, that's five um, investment properties. That's how he's looking at it. Like, that's five investment properties. All you got to do is yeah. all you got to do is put out content, though. You don't have to change the boiler. You don't have to cut any grass. So it's like YouTube. We, we, we couldn't go. We couldn't do this podcast without having an episode about YouTube because it's like one of these situations where it's it's like a joke until it's not funny anymore. Yeah. Because it's like <laughs> I remember a doctor uh, I was watching. He went to like medical school and all that. And his last year in medical school, his last year as a resident, he quit to become a full time YouTuber. And everybody was saying, like, you went through all of this medical training and all that, you're going to quit to do YouTube. And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm going to do. And uh, he's making, like, a half a million dollars on YouTube. So I think it's important for people to educate. So, all right, let's break this down. Let's, let's, let's start from the very, very beginning, since you was already on the CPM. So CPM is how you get paid, right? So, all right, yeah, can you explain that in detail as far as CPM? Because um, those the good thing with YouTube is that they put ads in your video. It's not like, you know, with the podcast, it's a little different on the audio side. So for us, we have we have two ways how we put our content, audio and visual. The audio is through, like, you know, Anchor, and that gets shipped to Spotify and um, Apple and, and all of the audio outlets. And Anchor kind of provides ads for us, but we, always, we have to try to get outside ad revenue as well. Where YouTube, we can get outside ads, but YouTube is always going to be ads there mm -hmm. because they provide ads now. It's different what kind of content you put out because it's a different CPM, but that's more, we'll go into that later. So yeah, so, and it's a CPM. So can you talk about CPM and kind of explain that to the people in layman terms? Yeah, so your CPM, which stands for your cost per milli, is the cost per every 1,000 impressions for every ad that's placed on or around your video. So you'll see if a video's shorter than 10 minutes it'll only have one ad at the beginning maybe an ad at the ending but when a video is longer than 10 minutes then you're able to put you're able to place multiple ads throughout the video so for those long skippable ads um as long as the viewer watches it for 30 seconds or more that's an impression or those ads that you can't skip through that's an impression those ads on the side of the youtube video if it's on there that's an impression the banners that show up at the bottom if someone watches that um, that's an impression as well. So for every 1,000 impressions you get on your video, that'll um, you that's your cost per milli. That's how much you get. That's how much you get paid for it. The thing about the cost per milli is that it's not determined by you though. It's determined by YouTube. So it's basically how much ad payers or ad creators are willing to pay to put their ads in front of your video in front of your audience. And it's basically an indicator to see how valuable um, marketers take your content, basically, like how valuable they perceive your content to be to help them with the business development and their business goals. 
Okay. So, and yeah, and that's interesting because it's like what um, we found out that depending on what type of content you put out, that determines your CPM. So like us as a financial channel, our CPMs are a lot higher mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. it's clean content. Like, you know what I mean? It's clean business content. So no we're not cursing or anything like that. Whereas like if it's, a music, if it's, if it's a lot of cursing, they can have potentially way more subscribers, way more views, but their CPMs might be like $3. So to give you an example, our CPMs usually range from what's the CPM price for us? Uh, our average right now is probably like 35, but we had some that go up to like 70. We've had some that are 112. So really, like you said, just yeah. depends on, on the type of content and how clean it is and how many people are watching. And if it's not, so if it's dirty Absolutely. content, I don't want to say dirty, but if it's like cursing and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. A, they could demonetize it and not have yeah. any anything on it at yeah. all. So people gotta realize that. So like right. you got when you, when you really get into this YouTube thing, you gotta really like dive in and, and do YouTube Studio. I would recommend that highly and study the analytics. So like a lot of times, if we if you'll mm-hmm. see that that money sign is yellow, that means that yo you're not monetizing the way there's something <laughs> in your content that is causing it to not get the ad space that it's supposed to. And then another thing is like a lot of times people don't realize that they could, they don't turn on their ads. So like there's you can put on start, you can put on in the middle, you can put on at the end. You can actually place your ads where you like. So a lot of people don't realize that, and it's a gem because it's like yo, the more ads you have, then there's more revenue. But there's right. something that we wanna- we kind of skipped, and that is like when you can start monetizing, right? Like there's a certain amount of users you have to have, and a certain amount of uh, uh, views you have to have, right? Is it like a thousand? For, for the users yeah a thousand subscribers and four thousand watch hours they've changed it now it wasn't like that just a couple years ago but they've changed it and now you need a thousand subscribers four thousand watch hours before you can even start monetizing your platform okay all right so now it's all right so now and that's important too with the 10 minute thing shout out to mike he actually put us on to that um he watched the video and on youtube mm-hmm. and it showed him that um <laughs> Yeah, the key with the clips, like even a lot of the micro clips that we put out from our episodes, they're always, if you notice, they're always longer than 10 minutes or like at 10 minutes because then you could put multiple ads in. If it's anything lower than 10 minutes, then you can only put one ad in. So it makes a big difference if you have three ads in a video as opposed to having one ad in a video. Yeah, and also to touch upon um, what determines the CPM, it's not necessarily only when the content is um, clean, but that definitely is a big indicator. Like if you're swearing, cussing, you're talking about some vulgar stuff, that's probably going to get demonetized. So it's not even an option of having a low CPM. But um, there are certain niches that have higher CPMs than others. So you guys have a high CPM um, because of the topics that you talk about. So some of those topics are like real estate, luxury things so like luxury real estate luxury cars is a big one as well um gaming is big as well but it depends like what niche in gaming i'm not a gamer so i wouldn't be able to like indicate too deep but um finances business credit um just basically oh amazon fba that's another one so it depends on how much the uh the advertiser is willing to pay they're not willing to pay to put their videos in front of like pranks and like couple channels. So when you're smaller, you're not going to see a big CPM for that. But what, then once about, you become, what, 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 once about you start, makeup? what about makeup tutorial? Cause that's very big for women. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about makeup? So the CPM on that isn't necessarily high until you start ranking. So like for prank channels, family channels, um, makeup channels, because it's a, a it's a kind of saturated, uh, industry, I guess, but, it's very popular. So once you start ranking and you have a very loyal customer, not customer base, audience, then the marketers are like, okay, I would pay more to put my video, more put my ads in front of 
their videos and stuff. So it depends on how large your channel is. When you're first starting out and it's a like beauty channel, channel, uh, prank channel, you're not really going to see large CPMs because there are so many people doing that and advertisers aren't necessarily willing to pay for content like that in the beginning when you're just starting out. Okay. All right. So now let's go to the actual content so that i guess that's the most important thing right so like you your personal so art content is financial i guess that's the hardest thing like people want to start all right you, you want to become a youtuber yeah. you you're on your journey to become a youtuber right the first thing is like what do you want to talk about so we talk about financial stuff because we have financial podcast so that's easy how did you find your niche to talk about and how do you record what do you recommend for people as far as finding their niche as far as the content that they're putting out so I would say the easiest thing is to do something that you feel comfortable with, something that you're confident in as well, because if you're not confident in what you're talking about, it's going to show, it's going to come off on camera. People are going to be able to detect that. So make sure whatever topic you decide to go into, you're comfortable and confident about that topic. But then also your audience is going to let you know what they want to see more of. So before you even start your channel, I would say write out a whole list of titles of things you want to talk about pertaining to that. Okay, you want to start a beauty channel. That's cool. Uh, write out 50 videos that you can do that's relating to beauty that people want to see. Um, if you can't come up with 50, it's probably a topic that you're not that interested in and you're not that confident in. Then you should probably try and find something else that you you are actually interested in. Mm, so I'm not I'm not putting out a prank video. I'm not putting out vacations with the kids. I'm not putting out how to cut hair. It's just it's, it'll be all over the place. I do those things, but it just be all over the place. Right. Yeah. No. You want to choose a topic and then try to find videos that surround that that have to do with that topic and don't make it too wide of a range like especially in the very beginning nobody knows who you are and they don't want to see every single component of your life because unfortunately like you're not that relevant to them so they it's nice that you have kids it's nice that you you know like to shape up your beard and stuff but like someone who comes on your channel and they want to see uh you hanging out with your kids they're probably a dad with kids too and they relate to that but they might not have the same, you know, grooming procedures that you do. They don't want to see the video, the next video to be you grooming yourself. Like it's not relevant to them. So you kind of have to keep a consistent theme because it confuses your audience. It confuses your subscriber. They come to your channel. They see one video that's pertaining to your family life and your kids. Then they go look for another video that has to do with that. And there's nothing else Or maybe there's only one. And it's the one that they just watched. They're like, okay, this is what, this was nice. This was cool. He's a nice guy. And they keep it moving, but you have to have consistency in all of your videos. All right. There you have it. That's the, that's the basics on so the next seven. We're going to go into how to really pop off and become viral. You got to yeah. become viral <laughs> these days for sure. And, uh, you know, just some more hacks and, and useful tips about, you know, getting popping online. So, yeah, we're going to that next. All right. Um, so, yeah, and this is, once again, I want to reiterate why YouTube is so important because um, for business owners as well, not just for people that want to become full-time um, YouTubers. Like, we talk about social media a lot, like, as far as, like, it's a great way to push your brand. But for entrepreneurs, I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening on your leisure. YouTube is extremely important to um, push your brand and, um, you know, get the brand awareness out there. So, yeah. even if you don't plan on being a full-time YouTuber, you can still use YouTube it's just like any other social network. There's yeah. a lot of it's millions and hundreds of millions of people on YouTube. So to not be on YouTube as a business owner, is kind of like not being on Instagram. Yeah. And something we learned, like we didn't start with a YouTube channel. Like we didn't start it till April. Everybody knows that 
podcast itself started in January, but we learned, like, yo, we have to grow the audience. This is a great way. This is a platform. We knew that all our kids watched it. We knew we had to be on it. So we made a concerted effort to say, look, this is where we're going. Yeah, and it's, it's helped out a lot. Like, if we just did audio, we would be nowhere near where we are now because we, we don't have the same reach that we would have if we do YouTube. And, and it's a lot of other things that we do exclusively for YouTube that we'll talk about. But, all right. So, as far as getting on YouTube, because it's like anything, right? Like, same thing with social media, Instagram. When you start with zero, and it's like, how do I grow it to 250,000 subscribers? So, yeah, viral. Shout out to Drake, viral movie. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Drake, Fabio Foreign, and uh, Sosa Geek. I think that's his name. That's his song, man. That's my favorite song right now. <laughs> um, so, you, your first video, you have no subscribers, and you have 32,000 views on that video in a, in a month. That's a lot. That's a lot of views. How did how? How'd you mm -hmm. do that? How'd you do that? So YouTube has little pockets and little niches, little communities. So what I did was I found videos that uh, look like my type of content. I would search. So my first video was a story time. What I did was I searched uh, story time and then I filtered the results by upload date. And that puts the newest uploads at the top. So then I searched for videos that kind of looked like they were in my neighborhood on YouTube, my community on YouTube. And then I would comment on their videos like uh I could totally relate, da, da da I made a video similar to that. It wasn't very spammy, like, hey, check me out, I just started a channel, but it was like, it was a comment letting people know that like, I did also upload something similar. So from that, what that does is it puts your comment there and everyone does it where they're watching a video and they kind of scroll to see what the comments say. And so if your comment is there and you're one of the only comments there, even if that video is only gonna get a thousand views, there's a good chance that a portion of those views are gonna see your comment. And from those views to your comment, they're gonna see your channel and maybe they're gonna either subscribe or engage with your content somehow. So that was one thing that I did to grow um, my first video and how it got so many views. I was commenting a lot. And then now as I've grown, I don't really get an opportunity to watch people's videos and make relevant comments as much, but um, I'll watch my videos on incognito and see what shows up that's similar to my channel and how I can put my spin on it and do it better. Because when I watch it on incognito, there's no bias there. There's no other channel explain, history. Can, can, you, can you explain that incognito? Yeah, so incognito is just browsing in private mode. So on um, Google Chrome, it's called incognito and in Safari, it's called private browser. But what that does is it doesn't warp the um, search information. So there's no bias. When you watch a video and you're signed into your profile, YouTube is recommending videos for you based off of everything that you've ever watched on your profile. That's why you'll watch like one cleaning video, you'll go back to your homepage and there's like four other cleaning videos recommended to you. And it over time, it builds up a profile for you and a portfolio for you and it changes your recommendations based off of stuff that you've already searched and stuff that you've already watched so when i watch my videos on incognito what that does is it allows me to see what um, youtube associates my channel with and what kind of content youtube kind of places my videos in, what kind of neighborhood on youtube my videos are in and that kind of gives me more of an idea of um, the type of people who watch my video and what they're interested in more, along with, of course, my analytics. I do watch my analytics and see what my audience likes more of. I listen to the comments, but that's one way that I get to see what YouTube, what the YouTube algorithm associates my channel with. So th from there, I'll get an idea. I'll put my spin on it, my flip on it, and I'll do it myself. And then it usually does good when I when I choose a video like that. Okay, algorithm. Can you talk about that? The YouTube algorithm. 
Yeah, so the YouTube algorithm, because it's a business, right? YouTube, um, they're just interested mainly in like watch time and dollars. So they tend to push videos that have um, high CPMs. So YouTube's videos that get them more money and then high watch times as well and high engagement. Because what YouTube wants ultimately is watch time and they want their viewers to stay on their channel or on their platform. Because if you're not on YouTube, you're on something else. You're on Hulu, Netflix, maybe Instagram. You're like on another platform. So what they want is watch time and engagement. So if you upload a video and in the first few minutes or first few hours, I should say, it's doing well, the algorithm is most likely going to push you some more. So that's kind of like um, a tip behind your algorithm. Like in the first hour, you should probably be commenting back to comments and stuff like that and trying to boost up that engagement within the first hour. Can, can we talk about your, your viral video? Uh, you know, you, you, one, of the Which things, one? one of the things you said is like not to chase trends, but you kind of did with the, the dad makeup oh. voiceover. Uh, can you talk about the benefits yes. of actually chasing that trend and some of the things that didn't work that you learned from that? Yeah, okay. So that video at the time, um, it was like a makeup trend that was going around and a lot of people were doing like, um, my boyfriend does my makeup, my voiceover and my dad, I thought it would be so funny if my dad did my voiceover because he's always like cracking jokes on me. He's always making fun of me. So he did it. It was funny. It was cool. And the video did really well. It was like on different social media platforms. I don't have a Twitter. So it was like all over Twitter, all over Facebook. I didn't have a Facebook either. Um, and it did go viral and it got a lot of views. It did make a lot of money because um, I ended up selling it to, uh, there was a media company that pitches to the Ellen show and they bought that video off of me. They bought the rights for that video off of me. So I don't own that video anymore, but I still get the AdSense revenue from that video. But um, I would say that the the game there was the money behind it. And it was a funny like joke. Like me and my dad still laugh about that video to this day. But what I learned is that when you do videos just because it's trendy, but it has nothing to do with what your channel is about, it doesn't necessarily grow your channel or your subscribers. So that video, I got like 2.2, thousand subscribers i believe says my analytics but um it has like eight hundred thousand views so that's not a very good conversion like views versus people who subscribe so it ultimately didn't grow my channel and i learned that if you're gonna hop on a trend it needs to pertain to what your channel is about because i was not a makeup channel my dad wasn't on my channel my channel wasn't like a comedy channel either so it wasn't great for the overall growth of my channel but it was um, a learning experience, I would say. Yeah, that that when I when I heard that story, I'm like, yo, I, I've never thought about that when people actually buy your content from you. What was that experience like? That was the first time you've done it. Yeah, that was my first time I had done it. It was just I was getting a lot of, um, you know, those. I think they're like social media sites where they just have a bunch of viral videos and you'll see a viral video over and over, but it'll have different logos in the corner. So at the time I was getting a lot of questions from uh, different media sources asking if they can post it on their Facebook group. They're like, oh, we have like 6 million uh, followers on our Facebook. We're going to post it and we'll credit you. Da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, sure. Just put my link in the description. Go for it. But then um, someone had asked me like, have you sold it already? And I was like, sold it to who that doesn't make no sense and then i got another 
um, inquiry around the same time um, that the first one came in and it was like, oh, well, we're willing to buy it. So then I went back to the first person. I was like, um, no, I haven't sold it yet, but, you know, I have some inquiries. I said some, like <laughs> there was more than one. But I was like, yeah, we have some inquiries. So I haven't sold it yet. So they came with their proposal. And then I told the other person, like, oh, um, another media company is willing to buy it for this much. So then the second one ended up uh, having a better better price and i just sold it to them but the funny thing was that that all of that happened like a year and a half maybe two years after i'd already posted that video so it was weird because the traffic had already died down on that video like i had already made my youtube adsense money on that video and it was like dying down so i guess some other media outlet picked it up and then it went viral and like it was kind of a different community really it wasn't like another EYL alumni he had a post on Instagram a few days ago and he was like a lot of viral videos don't go viral for like two to three years or even five years after it actually mm. comes out with the social media or so you never know it's like don't give up on content because you might think ah oh, this just flopped even Mickey Facts we had him on shout out to Mickey Facts and he had a, a video that went viral on Instagram when he was rapping um from flex about financial literacy and he was like when he first put it out it didn't really get traction mm -hmm. and then out the blue like earlier this year it just started blowing up on like a lot of black financial literacy pages just so you never know um uh, but i yeah. want to ask you about that video because you, you put that on youtube and i saw it and um we yeah. did you showed like the, the the um clip of it of the analytics so on the clip i actually mm -hmm. saw the um ascent ascent revenue that you made was like sixty eight thousand dollars from that it's on it right. it's on your page so um, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not exposing yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what we do <laughs> so is that, is that something like is that is that like something like alright so you made 68,000 on a video that, that had like how many views did it have 900,000 800 yeah so that's, it was that's like, like 800, so that's like typical for some, like a, a million obviously it depends on CPM and all of that but like what was the CPM for that video ooh I'm not sure what the CPM was on that video actually but um that was over the lifetime so that was when i posted it i think was that 2017 i think i posted that or maybe 2018 but it was over the lifetime so from the moment i posted it to the current like day that i screenshotted it so over time yeah that's how much it made um i think it was because of the timing too because i posted it closer to the holidays and when it did go viral it was during the holidays when adsense revenue is the highest but um yeah once it starts gaining a lot of traction and it starts going higher. I noticed that the CPM starts jumping higher and higher. And so that's why I ended up um, doing so well. But I've noticed that it doesn't necessarily matter what your subscriber count is or even what your, um, your channel size is or anything like that. Because uh, some people, they'll post a video on like, how much they made on YouTube. And I appreciate the transparency. I respect it, honestly, because someone had posted how much she makes. And I think she has like 1.4 million subscribers. And she had said that she makes like on average about $4,000 a month. I was like, this don't make sense. Because when that video went viral and I was making a lot of money off of it, I, I wasn't even at 20,000, I don't think. Like my channel was pretty small. So it doesn't necessarily matter what like your subscriber count is. All of that's predetermined by YouTube. And I try to tell people, um, when they're thinking about making that transition from being an employee to being your own boss full time and like you're using money from YouTube to try and like forecast your budget. I always tell people like you don't really have control over the CPM because it's kind of like you're putting out a product. You don't know how many people are going to buy it and you don't know how, what you're going to sell it for either. You're just putting out a product and whatever money you get, you get. 
and it's not like you can go back to YouTube and sit and go tell them like, um, actually you guys told me that I only had 5,000 impressions on the ads this month, but I went and asked my viewers and they told me actually they all watched it. Like you can't go back and dispute it with YouTube. If they tell you that's how much you're making, that's how much you're making. So I wouldn't know why it made so high, but it did. And I appreciated it. And I took it, but I always take AdSense revenue as a bonus. So I, I don't rely on AdSense revenue because that just puts you in a very vulnerable place with your finances. And I don't know about anybody else, but I don't like being vulnerable with my finances. With my finances. I like to be very calculated and very like precise. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a toss up. You don't know why it made so much and what the reason is. Yeah, it's spoken like a true accountant. My, my, my next thing is uh, the importance of consistency, right? Because after you went viral, it's not like, hey, I'm going to live off this this one video for the rest of my life. You you, you started to put out more content that was more themed, right? You want to talk about that? Yeah. So after that first video, actually, I was still, it was still a side hustle for me because my main priority was always uh, finishing with uni and like my nine to five career. So it was still a side hustle. I think after that video, I still was putting out, I wasn't very calculated with my videos. Um, it wasn't until recently, like once I graduated from uni and I was paying more attention to my videos that I was more calculated and I was more consistent with the theme, but also like as time goes on, I think when I first started, I was like 21 ish. So like my interest at 21 is different from my interest now. So as time went on, I just started making videos that made more sense to me and what I was more interested in, more confident in. So once I started making more self-improvement videos, personal finances, personal development, entrepreneur type videos, that's when I really started to understand the importance of having like a theme throughout videos. And that's why I always try to tell people like, if I had known now what I knew back then, I would have definitely themed down, niched down on my content. And I wouldn't have been creating content from like all over the place. It would have been um, some sort of consistent theme throughout. So now when I'm creating content, it's mainly, um, it has to do with money of some sort, personal development, um, just overall becoming a better version of you. So that's the consistent theme that's throughout all my videos that I try to portray in every single video. It's about something personal development related. So if you, if you, um, if you take the ads off a video yourself for whatever reason, like let's say you don't want ads on one video, that's going to hurt the chances of, of YouTube pushing it probably because they don't get paid either or um, I would say that they don't really have an incentive to push it. They might, but they don't really have an incentive to. So you could take it off if you wanted to, but also, like, why, why would you want to do that? No, nah, because sometimes <laughs> you might put a video out and the ads that are on the video might be competition for the actual video. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, so and yeah. I noticed that with YouTube, like, something they'll run ads in a video. Mm -hmm that is like, especially like if you're trying to sell something or if you have a product or something and it's like now you got, you're, you're actually running an ad for somebody else that's yeah. doing the same exact thing that you're talking about in the video. Right, unbeknowning to you, right? right. But to the viewer, that's gonna happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that that could happen, but um, mainly people like, they buy from people. So if they're watching their video, they're most likely gonna buy from you anyways. But yeah, you could take the video, the ads off if you wanted to. And then, um, your own, like your subscribers watch it and if it picks up, it picks up. But I find that they have more of an incentive, YouTube as a business, to push videos that are gonna make them more money and also videos that have longer watch times that keep people on their platform. Because at the end of the day, like the um, CPM is split. Like the amount of money you get is after YouTube gets their cut. So if you're making more money, that means they're making more money. 
Okay. Okay. So, um, so, all right. As far as like revenue, and I want, I'm glad you said that you don't rely on that because there's more ways to make money off of YouTube than just ads. That's just like the, the first layer. But YouTube is a, it's just like any other thing. It's a platform where you reach a bunch of people. So through that, you can do right. brand partnerships. You can promote your own products. Um, you can do a variety of different things. So how are some other revenue streams that like you personally utilize or you see other YouTube YouTubers utilize outside of just regular ads that YouTube provides? Yeah. So I definitely make sure that I have enough revenue and income coming in from other places because like I said, it's a toss up. And although I can depend on the money coming in and like it's pretty consistent, there's a theme throughout. Um, you can't rely on it because at any moment YouTube can come back tomorrow and say like, hey, um, everyone under a million, y'all don't get paid no more until you reach a million subscribers, figure it out. They probably won't because that's a little wild on their end but they have the option to do that so i make sure that i'm making money from other places um for me i have my affiliate links that i put in the description bar i have my um brand sponsorships which is when a brand reaches out to you and asks you to promote their product or their brand for a fee and then I also use YouTube to drive traffic to my two other online businesses, which is um, my hair extension company and my um, business society company. You know, did, you said something just now um, as far as the description, like you put the links in the description. I think people overlook that and don't really understand the importance of the description. I know you have a little like tidbit you said, like you don't put a link within the first three lines or something like that. Can, can you go into detail about that? Yeah. Yeah. So... Once again, because it's YouTube's platform and not yours, they have the discretion to push videos that, to not push videos that are sending traffic to other external sites. So when the um, your first three lines above the fold have a link to an external website, they're less inclined to push the video. This is what I was told from like a YouTube insider. I don't know how true that is to this day or if um, YouTube has changed that because I do have like two videos that have done pretty well and they have a link on the top um, the top fold, but I was told this from an insider, so I try to avoid it if I can. It doesn't really make a difference for me to put the links just a little bit lower. So I tend to do that so that it doesn't kind of like throw the algorithm off or whatnot. So, yeah, that's something that, that people don't fully understand. So many different things with YouTube. It's like, it says you can just have like a three-hour situation about that. But I wanted to ask you before we go to the next thing. Vlog. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people are doing vlogs. And even us, for your leisure, some people say like we should do vlogs and things of that nature, like a video vlog, like just a day in the life. So how do you, do you think mm -hmm. that's a good idea for like people that have like, if they're putting out consistent content, because some people say like the vlog allows you to, people to see like the personal side of you. And it touches right. on different things, and it's like a it's like a your own reality show kind of. So, what's your thoughts on vlogs? So, I think vlogs are a good idea if you're trying to be a vlogger or if you've already established an audience. Because ultimately, this generation we like solution based content. That's what everybody's after right now. You're after me, everybody. Like when you watch a video, you're trying to gauge something from it, right? So, um, if you're making content that is even like family vloggers you know when people watch that they feel like they're a part of the family that's the value that you're getting from it for people who do hair tutorials that's the value you're teaching people how to do their hair makeup tutorials you're teaching them how to do makeup but like you don't have to be teaching anything if you're providing some sort of value um if you are a you do comedy skits that's the value that you provide there 
your people are coming to your videos for comedic relief. And if you're vlogging, you're trying to make people feel a sense of belonging and like they're a part of whatever it is that you've got going on. So like with couple channels or even family channels, you might watch an episode and you're like, oh, but what was this? Like, what was the reason? But to somebody else, they're very committed. And those channels tend to have very loyal audiences too because they, they're they invested in that relationship. They're invested in that family and they feel like they're a part of the family, a, a friend to the couple. So if you're vlogging um, and you already have an audience, it kind of makes your audience feel like they're a part of what you're doing already. Like they watch your podcast, they see you guys do all these cool things, you guys... Um, are pretty stand-up guys. So they want to know what is the behind the scenes and what does that look like? And that's the value that you provide there because you've already kind of uh, built up your audience. But when you're just coming straight up at the bat and no one really knows who you are, if you're going to be a blogger, stick to that because then people are going to be invested in you and your life and you're a lifestyle blogger. But if you're going to be doing like couple prank, couple challenge, couple this, couple that, couple, couple, couple. And then all of a sudden you're doing vlogs on your own and you're like, hey guys, so I'm out with the boys. Yeah, it's Friday night. People are going to be like, I didn't sign up for this. I don't care about what you're doing with the boys. Like, where's your girl at? That's what we're trying to watch because they feel like they're part of a couple. So if you're trying to be a lifestyle vlogger, just stay consistent and stick to that. Um, but if you've already built up an audience and you're trying to do vlogging, it's more so behind the scene and that's the value that people are getting from that. They want to see like, what is, what do you guys do behind this empire that you built. Oh, the story. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.